0: Welcome to Faith for Finances. This is the fourth episode in a series of four on reframing debt so that we can deal with the credit world that we live in. This week we are going to look at making friends with credit in order to win the war on debt. The Bible says that dealing with this world system that we live in requires great wisdom. Great wisdom requires that we are connected to each other and that we are connected to the one true God. Because when we're faced with making a choice between the God of money or the God who created the universe and the heavens and the earth and created us with love, what will we choose? Welcome back to Faith for Finances. My name is Sam Piercy. I am your host. I am also the founder of MoneyMinding.com. So this week, the fourth of four episodes on reframing debt, we're looking at making friends with credit in order to rise above and to live debt-free with the only debt being to love. And connecting with God, connecting with each other, in order to seek the knowledge, in order to apply wisdom, in order to triumph, and to live above and not below, and to live free to pursue God's plans and purposes for your life. So the resource is also part of a package called God's Path to Financial Freedom, Seven Tools to Reaching a Breakthrough. And in there, if you, reference the K, if you reference KITV, then you can have access to a whole collection of tools to help with rethinking and reapplying and specifically dealing with debt and finance in your life, your family, your ministry, in your business. So I'm going to start off with a big disclaimer, though. Credit is an extremely powerful tool, and in this episode, I'm going to walk you through an example as an illustration only of how a small seed can actually be leveraged to control a large amount of money, specifically $150 a month to control a million dollars. But I have to add the disclaimer because you don't go from here to there without the steps in between. This is the money-minding method of applying financial knowledge on a day-to-day basis in order to make decisions that will get rid of anything that holds you back and help move you towards the plans and the purposes and the goodness to overflow and share God's love to experience God's love in and through finances. So as we get started, I have had an interesting walk. My husband and I together have been through some pretty unusual circumstances. And as I share these stories with other people, I find that it helps them also share back. And people go, oh, that happens, or oh, wow, thank you so much for sharing because that happened to me and I didn't know what to do with it. And so instead of letting these circumstances come and add more burden, like a a burden of unworthiness or a burden of it's too heavy and having to sink back, We want to gather together and we want to share because in the sharing we get knowledge and in the knowledge we get wisdom because we're bringing the Holy Spirit into our conversations. We're breaking down those barriers that isolate and intimidate. So one of ours I think started as we... I first sold my investment practice and then we got hit with a a tax audit and that seemed to go sideways and backwards and upside down and eventually we found ourselves railroaded into a bankruptcy. That was a a very awkward spot when I was actually hired to teach integrating success principles with the world of financial planning and I was doing some really amazing consulting but all of a sudden we were flipped upside down like a turtle um, on its back And I was so full of fear and anxiety that somebody would find out. Does that sound familiar? You don't want anybody to know. That was many, many years ago. And getting back on our feet, all I knew was we needed a house. We needed a house. We needed a house. And that's because that was important to us. And we wanted to raise our daughter in a particular neighborhood, at a particular school, and it was a very hot real estate market. And so what do you do when you've just come out of bankruptcy and you've got bad credit and new self-employed income? You're trying to buy a house in a very hot real estate market. Well, the first thing you have to do is you have to know the goal, which means you, you know the answer. The answer for us was house particular type of house. We described it, we knew how much it was going to cost, then we had to start asking some questions. And in the questions we were connected to some other people. It ended up taking four loans and we, God leading us to a house that was under market value at the time. The risk in that, and I'm not advocating that you need to do it with loans, not at all. That was where we were at the time. That was our faith level. And I'm saying that there are ways of doing this if you know what's important and what God's calling you to and what the cost is. So that's our story, and I'm sticking to it, and there's a lot you can learn from that, and there's a lot we can learn by sharing what's happened and then gathering together and saying, okay, well, this is what the bank has said, so what? What else? What can you do? What can you do? What can you do? Because the Bible says we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. The Bible has so many promises, but if we just look at those as spiritual only, then we miss the benefits of him connecting us with other people who can lead us to somebody, who can lead us to somebody else, who can take us to eventually where God wants us to be. We uh, um, had a very catastrophic business failure that actually turned out to be fraud. We didn't know that at the time, but it was devastating is probably the only way to describe it. And the bank of house, I call it, ended up absorbing a lot of the debt that I ended up being held personally responsible for. And how did that happen um, when the weight was just so big? Because from every angle, it was just crushing it seemed like I'm sure there's some people that will know what I'm talking about when it feels like you're carrying the weight of the world I'll tell you picking up the phone and calling the mortgage company might as well have been like walking, I don't know, off the edge of a bridge. It just seemed like it was impossible. And I know from sharing this story and from talking to other people that most people would rather do anything than let the bank know that they can't pay the bills. Well, if you don't tell them, then what happens is they send it to collections and then you've reduced your options. If you pick up the phone and you're proactive you learn an awful lot it turns out that i that's when i learned about capitalizing mortgage payments what that means is the bank took 6 months of payments and added it to the end did we have did it cost us money absolutely it did but it saved our house it saved our marriage it saved our our ability to 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 figure out which side was right side up Am I suggesting that you have to do this? Absolutely not. The disclaimer is, this is our story, and I'm not saying that it was efficient or effective, but I'm saying if we don't talk about this stuff and if you don't ask, you don't get. And then you can end up causing a situation that is worse. Because in that case, the value of our property continued to go up, and we bought, we bought six months of time, and I understand how to produce cash flow forecasts and cash flow models, and how to take ideas and other non-financial assets and apply entrepreneurial kingdom thinking in order to bring God in and let him lead. If you know what's important, you know what he's calling you to, then you keep asking. And looking and don't take the first answer when we bought that house we talked to six different mortgage brokers and four said yeah no two said maybe and one is the one that made it together when I was phoning the mortgage company there was two people and I don't remember which one was which but I do know that one of them would answer the phone and she would say no we did that for you before and we can't do that again and I got to the point that I just hung up (laughs) And I phoned back, and I got the other one who would say, well, let me see what we can do. So even though we were told, no, that's it, the sky is falling, you're going to lose your house, we were proactive, and they worked with us. Do you hear me? Proactive. There is always an answer when you know what's important, you know what God's calling you to, and it might look like it's horrible, but keep going. This program, this series has been making credit, your friend, really, really in order to win the war on debt. We also had a situation during that period of time where I had a a car that was leased, and I was like, oh boy, great, what are we going to do now? We needed about $12,000 or something. I phoned somebody who said, hey, you should talk to somebody else. I talked to that somebody else, and she said, well, how much do you want? most people get stuck on that. It was like, I don't know how much I want. You know, I need just this X amount of money. My question was, how much can I have? And it turns out the car was actually able to buy us another couple of months, three months worth of mortgage payments. I'm not recommending you do this at all. Absolutely not. But there's options. That was ex- extremely valuable, and that's when we learned about negative financing on automobiles. Is it expensive? Yes. Would it have been more expensive if we were then trying to have one car, which was my husband's work truck? Would it have been more expensive if we had lost our house? Absolutely. It's knowing what's important and then going for it. If you don't ask, you won't get it. And then focusing on the income. Focusing on where do you create the funds and what can you do to create income from assets? Can you take something that might be a non-financial asset and use it to produce income? Can you create income by accessing credit? Sure, we call that leveraging, but we have been taught that that's really risky because we're focusing on growing and accumulating in order to spend. We're not taught how to look At forecasting we're taught how to create a budget and be careful that you don't overspend and if you overspend then you're going to get into debt and it's not going to be sustainable well there's a huge difference between spend less than you earn or earn more than you spend earning more than you spend focuses your attention on God because you walk by faith not by sight You're focusing on the one true God instead of the small g God of mammon. So things that we can leverage. Credit, for sure. Contacts, knowledge, ideas, stuff, and time. And I'm not suggesting that you have to leverage credit. I'm suggesting it's a mindset. And it's shifting your mind so that you can release that creative opportunity, that creative potential of the Holy Spirit within you to produce wealth, kingdom wealth, something that starts by putting, covering your own bills putting food on your own table, a roof over your own head, but overflows to bless others so that you can spend money because in spending money there is wealth, something that gives you more than enough to give unto the kingdom and to reach out and to help other people because in that, God will get all the glory. You release that ability, you release that tendency to control, release the burden of weight and lay it down at the feet of Jesus. So you can leverage credit, you can leverage contacts, knowledge, ideas, stuff, and time. You can also leverage your circumstances. Credit, and good credit, is valuable. Because you get more opportunities, but if you have bad credit, or you have no credit, That doesn't mean that you have no opportunities. You want to be aware of these things so that you can increase your opportunities. We have this idea that somehow it's just your credit score that's important, but qualifying for credit, actually there's five different ways that most banking institutions will look at how you qualify for credit. One is the credit bureau. One is your character, which is your stability. Another one is your capital, how much money you're putting in, the collateral. is Are you securing a loan through a piece of property or a vehicle or some other asset? Uh, are you, and the conditions of the loan, what are the terms? what are the rates, those kinds of things. It's important that you know this stuff because if you don't take the initiative or you don't have the confidence to ask, then you'll take whatever they're telling you makes sense. And of course, that might make sense from their frame of reference, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they have the whole big picture and by that I'm not trying to discredit anybody's expertise I'm saying that you have the answers because you know what God's called you to you know where he's leading you to and somebody that is doing financing for a vehicle for example or mortgage financing they know that particular area of the financial world and so they are going to guide you based on their knowledge But they don't have the other pieces. So you have to stay focused on your vision, the vision that God's given you, and your purposes in that regard. It's also important that you understand the type of credit is it secured or unsecured, revolving or amortized? Is it compounded or is it floating? Is there a fixed rate or a variable rate? And these things, they all matter. If all you look at is 3% versus 5%, then you are not necessarily always going to be comparing apples to apples because what we have been taught is risky, in many cases ignores the risk of flexibility. Flexibility gives you the option to have life happen or pursue different opportunities, that if you're locked in, you often will miss because it's going to be too expensive to get out of. Or maybe the idea is that it seems like it's expensive because you have to pay a penalty, but when you consider that against other options, or you actually take the time and get the exact numbers, Maybe you go, oh, okay, you know what, we can make that up or it's worth the cost like it was for us to tap six months of mortgage payments onto our home or to get three months of mortgage payments out of a car. I mean, who, who does that? I didn't know you could do that. I didn't set out to do that. I just asked the question, how much can you have? Was that a blessing at the time? Absolutely it was because it enabled us to implement some things to produce some more income, to get back on our feet so that we did not lose. We knew there was a vision. We knew there was a purpose. Was it easy? Absolutely not. The bigger risk was in the loss, and so we kept going. So the other thing is just is not knowing and just listening to how we calculate uh, paying attention to simple interest versus compound interest and making decisions based on opinions or hearsay or or a a limited knowledge, and I don't mean that in any disrespect, but we start off with simple math, addition and subtraction. We want to get to the place that we are multiplying so that we can then divide and conquer and get rid of the stuff that holds us back in order to then move forward. So I'm going to take a few minutes and I'm going to walk you through a spreadsheet. So we're going to start from handwriting things and earlier on in this four-part series we looked at a simple spreadsheet that you can do um, just handwriting. I'm going to take you to a spreadsheet now and show you how some of this stuff can start to evolve Welcome to a special lesson on taking a concept and turning it into numbers. We're going to go through a little bit more of an advanced cash flow forecasting, cash flow modeling concept. And you can start to take an intangible idea and turn it into something that is measurable, manageable, scalable, and sustainable. Let me share my screen so that you know what I'm talking about, where you start with a pen and paper and you start to look forward and you take that concept and turn it into something that you can see. And we're going to use a a real simple example here, but it's a demonstration of how a small thing can multiply and then how you can use that to make decisions And create something that holds accountability that will direct you into gathering the resources that are necessary to see a goal fulfilled. So let's say we've got a widget, and that widget can uh, provide $10 worth of net value once it is produced and it's selling. If you start with you know a hundred people that you can share your widget with, that's great. If 10%, if you can add 10% new potential clients or contacts so to your um, your client base, to your database, to whatever every month, then that's a, a variable that we have here. And if 10% of your total uh, contact base buys, and we're gonna assume that those people are recurring customers for this example, but you can structure it whatever way you want. So our new income from widget sales in month one is really we're putting money out in an expense because we've got to actually develop the widget. We've got a variable cost for marketing so that we can add to our client base. And so what we see along the bottom is that we're making an investment in the early months and we're going backwards like we did in the demonstration of the cash flow basics. But you can see that in this example here, We've got a goal of 5,000. We get pretty close by um, adding our new widget sale income and subtracting our cost of marketing and development. We get pretty close in month 12. So let's say we really, really want to make sure that within 12 months we get to that goal. So let's go see what happens if we had 15% new Uh, new at new context. So we were more effective in our marketing. Oh, look, there you go. We've reached our goal. Okay. What happens if our marketing costs weren't $3? They were $5. Oh, We're actually still right on. But our recurring, our cumulative new income, our recurring income portion of our target drops substantially down in the corner here. So, this is the amount of passive income. So, this is how you start to take an idea and turn it into numbers, and how you then let the numbers start asking you some different questions where you are building a model, you're building a plan. And uh, this template will be available online. You can ask questions in the Money Minding membership. And I encourage you to take that Excel training if you don't already. It's not the kind of thing that you can hire somebody else to do. We wanna leverage an idea, leverage a small thing, leverage a skill and start asking some different questions to create a model, a forecast, to take that intangible, creative, powerful idea and turn it into something that then will take you towards the realization of it will give you something to pray specifically and intentionally so is this hard depends on your mindset if you think that decreasing spending and reducing and the size of your dreams and your expectations is easier okay that's totally between you and god it's how you start to think about it right god gives each of us ideas and so what can we do God's way is increasing, not decreasing. And so we want to take a look at what can we increase. We've talked about that earlier on in this series. So let me show you how we can take a small seed using credit and apply that where we can see a return on investment instead of just focusing on the simple interest. I said I would read a story, but it's how we can take the power of faith and the financial knowledge, and where you can start small, like in this case, $150 a month to control a million dollar asset. I'm absolutely not saying that you should do this, it's the concept of how you can start and where there's options so that you can start to see that faith as big as a mustard seed can actually produce big results and that financially it's worth learning. So I'm going to the Make Debt Your Friend book and I'm reading uh, near the end of page 47 and it's a scenario of leveraging a small seed using credit and in in this example a well-respected and successful real estate investor approaches you about a property that's for sale and you would have the opportunity to participate in a joint venture with some other successful investors. Your portion of the investment is the financing for a million dollars which would require payments of $5,000 a month. The building would generate net cash flow of $15,000 a month. So for a surplus of $10,000 a month. But it would take six months to begin to pay out because the building needed some renovations. So here's the concept you would need to have access to $30,000 in order to pay the $5,000 payments until the revenue from the investment would begin. And when that happened, you would then have a positive $10,000 a month. And remember, this is just an example. I'm not suggesting that you do this. Uh, You're also not necessarily going to do this alone. That's why the successful investor in this example approached somebody for a partnership. And it's why partnerships and teams and community is so important because it's the easiest way to multiply blessings and wisdom. So before you throw up your hands and say, well, I don't have $30,000, even though there's $10,000 a month available for you, your responsibility would then only be the minimum payments on the credit card which would be approximately $150 a month or a total of $900 of your own money over the 6-month period. That would be $900 or $150 a month to control a million dollar investment that would then provide a positive $10,000 a month income for you and bless many other people. So, I'm not saying that you need to do that but I'm saying that God provides opportunities with faith as big as a mustard seed and that if you will risk dreaming, risk bringing God into those areas and risk sharing and just taking a look at possibilities from a completely different perspective then we actually can start to see that the debt that is such a burden will be reduced because we have credit in more ways than we can ask or imagine through the ideas the connection the knowledge the experiences and that and the financial system it's how we use it And how we do anything is how we do everything, that if we are faithful servants, faithful stewards of that creative power and that Holy Spirit at work within us, that we can multiply the blessings, we can overflow, we can bring God into new areas of our life. And that we have the opportunity to break through the systemic poverty of this world system that is enslaving people to debt, that is causing everything to get more and more expensive. And so I encourage you to go visit faithforfinances.com. Make sure you use promo code KITV to get the entire God's Path to Financial Freedom bundle and the Make Debt Your Friend resource that we have been looking at and exploring some of the areas in in the last four episodes of Faith for Finances. And I pray above all else that you prosper in all areas, even as your soul prospers. Thank you for joining us and I look forward to sharing with you more again next week. Take care and God bless.